0: Hello, Erica.
1: Hello, Steven.
0: So uh, let's get the uh, first matters out of the way. We watched uh, Sea Devils episode five. Um, but we have... <laughs> <laughs> you were so eager to record another episode because there was lots of follow-up to our previous episode. First off, I don't think we got any comments on the one thing. We did find sandwiches. That's right. um, I had uh, I had a vegan buffalo uh, chicken and a vegan California chicken sandwich and you had your standard club-pressed mm-hmm. Extra mayo, no cheese, mm-hmm.
1: on, on gluten free bread.
0: On gluten free bread. So that that was a part. So we so because of the sandwich agenda agenda, we, we had we had sandwiches. We did not cut them into quarters. No, we ate them in halves mostly. So so there's that. But other people have 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 messaged us about uh, and tweeted at us about various things that we said in the last episode.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I guess we just need to ask a bunch of questions at the end of an episode sometimes and see what people say because we have the best listeners do our homework for us. They
0: really do. It's quite something actually. We, we should we should uh, refrain from taking two month breaks between episodes more <laughs> often because had we waited another two months we would have just about- yeah, anyway. So, uh so what what so last episode we talked about which one do you want to talk about first? The Kai thing?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, Kai.
0: Yeah, so Kai um which we thought was very interesting K Y E and we googled it. Immediately afterwards, I looked at it in like uh, dictionary or something, and it was like British naval slang for cocoa.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, cocoa specifically, specifically cocoa that is made with like chocolate shavings.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. does that mean it's like the, the chocolate shavings that fell on the floor when they were making real chocolate? Is that like because that's no. what that's where that's where tea and tea bags come from? You know, all the tea leaves that comes from proper tea gets sh- mm-hmm. basically tea bags are the hot dogs of tea. <laughs>
1: I was not aware of that. Yeah.
0: I know a a friend of mine is a tea uh, impresario and he Mm. told me that once.
1: Wow. Yeah. Interesting. Mm. Uh, I doubt it. I I, I doubt it. Okay. Like just now I need follow up on this, but just picturing (laughs) the way supplies are sometimes (laughs) supplied. I'm picturing like just big industrial blocks of chocolate. Right. And then, you know, the, uh, the chef in the galley, is there a name, special name for the, the cook in the galley?
0: jeff you call him jeff chef jeff the chef do you know any chefs named jeff i feel like there should be more
1: uh not off the top of my head but i'm sure there are are plenty i'm sure there are plenty uh but no i'm just picturing them like you know shaving some some chocolate off of the block and mixing it with like you know milk or water or whatever to make to make kai which can also be spelled k-a-i um thank you uh listener gregory hudson who tweeted that at us um And, uh, also we got an email from somebody about that too. Oh yeah. I'll
0: call that up here. Yeah. Yeah. We got, we got a lot of comments. Mm -hmm. Um, Paul Cornell, uh, Mm -hmm. messages about it too. He didn't know. He thought it was tea. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Anyway, Um, there's the email. Listener, listener, listener Roger. Yes. Yes. Um, says, hello, Stephen. Hello, Erica. Uh, Kai is Royal Naval slang for cocoa or hot chocolate, particularly if it's made from chocolate shavings. There we go. Can't help you with the sandwich quartering, I'm afraid, except to know, uh, except to say that it wasn't unknown in the UK in the 1970s. Mm-hmm.
1: So sandwich quartering yeah. could have been a thing. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So there was there was that. Um. Also.
0: This is from previous episodes here, the yeah. Michael E. bit, you know, because um, Chris Fon- uh, phone on Twitter, says, mm-hmm. lovely, uh, you mentioned about Michael E. is Bryant's sailing credentials. Um, I thought it was worth mentioning that uh, he's not the only, I'm reading this for the first time, the only production member with credential, uh, connections to the sea. Uh, as we know, of course, John Pertwee. Um, I didn't know that Barry Letts and Malcolm, necessarily, uh, Malcolm Hulk necessarily were, were members of the Navy too. And uh, visual effects designer Peter Day also had a great love of ships and boats. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: So there's a lot of seaworthy talent uh here yeah um yeah also uh steve manfred said that he had never read the Clangers scene as anything other than the man master genuinely thinking they're alien creatures yes but uh i'm not sure I i'm just, not sure to
0: give you an indication of how far we're, we're dipping back here uh sarah on twitter says happy thanksgiving uh for our last episode
1: yeah, four weeks ago so uh, we're
0: lazy when it comes to uh, feedback
1: yep we totally are mm-hmm. um also
0: yeah Is there something else?
1: There was something else. Uh, Oh, yes. Yes, Chris Phone, listener Chris, uh, checked the novelization for information about Trenchard and like how he felt at the end. Remember you and I had that conversation about whether he was actually guilty, uh, whether he recognized that the master had duped him this whole time. It doesn't sound like it. Uh, According to Chris, he says, sadly, the only regret Trenchard has is misleading the guards and uh, with a made up story um, for why he allowed the doctor and Joe to escape. So Mac Hulk clearly thought that Trenchard would not feel Remorse, So I feel vindicated in the way that I read that.
0: Mac Hulk has, I don't, can't remember if he wrote the um, novelization. I feel like he might have. Don't at me at that. We'll find out later. Um, uh, But you can tell, segueing into our actual review here, that uh, authority figures and Malcolm Hulk, Mm -hmm. the card-carrying communist that he was, Mm -hmm. Do not get along. Here's a, some certain, some certain uh, antipathy to uh, to Treadchart, and boy, oh boy, it's fascinating that five episodes in here, even with the master on board, sort of take it as read as the master's is going to be the villain of the piece. The real villain of the piece shows up in the form of Private or Parliamentary Private Secretary Walker, who walks in, demands breakfast, newspapers. Uh, and then uh, blows everything up, basically.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep. yep, and I we now know that Blythe is the name of yes. the the woman, and I, I'm still not sure exactly what her position is. Danner, um, har har har, um, but it's very clear that she is not like uh, she's not a steward. She's not the one who's supposed to be fetching <clears throat> food no. and stuff like that. And she very pointedly says, I'll fetch the steward, and that just doesn't even phase this guy. He he just keeps asking her for things that are completely inappropriate to ask her for. Boy, yeah, that's never fun.
0: Nope. The patriarchy is mm-hmm. full on in 1972 British Parliament, according to Malcolm Hook, and I 100 percent believe it.
1: hmm Yep. Yep. Yeah. And he just wants to get his way, and he does. And yeah, this is this is one of those really Effective portrayals of the blowhard from the ministry. (laughs) Yep, Uh,
0: there's a long history in the John Pertwee. I was thinking, like as we were watching this, like Malcolm Hulk wrote Colony in Space and the Silurians. Mm -hmm. Although honestly, the the Man from the Ministry and the Silurians is um, the now sadly Mm -hmm. departed uh, Jeffrey Palmer, Mm -hmm. um, who is not as blowhardy, but certainly the one who is responsible for spreading the pandemic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we should do a follow-up on that Ooh. episode from March of 2019, where we sort of talked about a pandemic coming and now we're in one. Mm. Uh, but yeah. no. Told you so. Yeah. Uh, Malcolm Hulk certainly has it in for these type of men, men from the ministry. I You know, uh, Roland's from Terra the Autons. There's probably uh, Mr. Chin, of course, from the Claws of Axos. Yeah. This is a long, this, this is basically the, the villain of the piece mm-hmm. when you're, when you're, they're not trying to make the, the aliens, so to speak, 100% evil. Mm-hmm. You know, there there's a sort of validity to their um, their their case, I think, the sea mm-hmm. devils. And so it's up to a human <laughs> government minister to sort of be the one to cast the first stone.
1: Also, you know, the master is very much the mustache twirling villain. Yeah. He's a little bit uh, cartoony and caricature-ish. So it's not the same sort of just gut-wrenchingly awful feeling that i feel when i'm looking at walker and Mm. and watching him talk because that's like that's a realistic evil that i have you know seen in my actual real life uh and um and yeah whereas the master being in very powerful alien with hypnotic powers and super genius and sword fighting skills and, and all that kind of stuff like that's that's a thing that I have, let's say, less experience with. That's true.
0: Yeah, it is it's the it's the villains who make it feel like they're just going about their job. Mm. Everything is normal to them. Whereas the master sort of relishes in his evil. <laughs> right. But Walker just sort of like, Oh, this is I'm doing what needs to be done for Britain and all that and mm-hmm. you just feel like I yeah, you're right, I know people like that.
1: And you know, there's a lot of institutional backing for him Mm -hmm. like there's a good chunk of the population that is completely on walker's side because they think what he is doing is the right thing which in itself just makes me feel even ickier inside whereas there's pretty much nobody that's going to be on the master's side no because he's just evil for the sake of evil he's you know wanting to get rid of humans whatever um and yeah and then on the other side you have the sea devils who are certainly antagonists but i don't feel like they're villains of this particular story because yeah they it's it's interesting too i like the doctor's conversation with them where you know they wake up and it's not nice that they just want to wipe the apes off the face of the earth but they did just wake up and probably are just looking at us as vermin um which is not great but is a little bit understandable and pretty quickly the doctor turns talks them around to saying yeah you could possibly share the earth with them a peaceful solution might be might be possible and they're smart enough to recognize that man has a lot of weapons the doctor Mm. makes that very clear so even if they were to Win over humans, there would be a lot of attrition, probably on both sides like they would yeah. they would lose a lot of people, whereas if they can come to a peaceful solution and share the earth, then hey, nobody has to die, and we can all just you know keep on living happily or at least somewhat happily. Um, I also found it interesting that that one sea devil believes that the doctor is telling the truth after like walking behind him and sort of holding his hand up behind the doctor's head, mm-hmm. which makes me wonder like, do they have some sort of like Dungeons and Dragons insight check with, uh, <laughs> with advantage or something like he can tell whether somebody is lying based on the vibrations coming off of their head or something. Cause that's, it's he blocked a
0: 19 on that
1: one. Or <laughs> he totally did. Uh, but very much like that's how that, that scene was blocked. So yeah. I can't remember if there's anything else in episode six that, that relates to that or not but i will be watching for it um but that's just an interesting little little piece of spice for the sea devils as characters to to add that in the part where it kind of turns and goes sour for me is that okay they're they're listening pretty closely and i feel like they're they're getting it because they're wise and now toward the end of that scene i feel like maybe they weren't coming around to the doctor's way of thinking because they were wise they were coming around to the doctor's way of thinking because they're just easily led because what the doctor says to them is he explains it very clearly yes you have destroyed some of their ships you are correct about that but now they are sending a bunch more to hurt you in retaliation for all of this awfulness that you have done so wouldn't it be better to not take more attacks to let me go talk about peace and see if we can get this worked out They don't let him go right away. He isn't able to contact anybody Uh and they get attacked, which is exactly what the doctor had said would happen. So it's not like the doctor was lying to them in any way. It was just suddenly they're being attacked and they just, get freaked out i guess and then the master says see see and i don't even know what the master means when he says see see yeah. because this is all exactly how the doctor laid it out for you but but yeah they, they just sort of run off in a panic and you know send the doctor off to be killed which you know i i want to admire the sea devils more than i do mm-hmm. after that after that sequence
0: yeah, they are kind of gullible, aren't they? Mm. They sort of leap to the first... I mean, you know, they haven't had their first cup of coffee. Probably. It's been a few thousand years. Um, So I, you can kind of understand, you, you know?
1: Yeah, I am thinking like you know, probably to go into hibernation like that, you have to, you know, take some sort of chemicals and you're probably, your blood is, is cold and slowed down. And man, just the amount of trouble I have getting up in the morning after one night's sleep and a glass of wine the night before. Yeesh. Yeah. So maybe I can cut them some slack.
0: Exactly. You know, you try, you try doing what they do. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Although it does perhaps set up, you know, well, look at that. They just immediately left to the master's side. So when it comes time in episode six to, spoilers, possibly dispense mm-hmm. with the sea devils, we won't feel as bad about it because <laughs> we did our best and they just said, no, we got attacked. So guess what? We're going with the master's plan and attacking the sea base.
1: Yeah, I suppose. You know, it's, it is important to sort of set it up so you don't feel super terrible Mm -hmm. like i kind of did at the end of the silurians
0: yeah exactly because the silurians it was different because there was like you know distinct characters of those Mm -hmm. silurians whereas the sea devils are very much just all i mean there's one speaking sea devil basically and some guards and they just stand Mm -hmm. around in the background there's they're they're less a dynamic force i find compared to the Mm -hmm. silurians
1: Yeah, the Silurians had actual, like, you know, sort of factions and leaders, and you had your scientists creating viruses and stuff, and here it just seems more like the sea devils, or at least this particular enclave of sea devils is is much more about brute force. It's kind of interesting to think, like... You know, they, they mention we've got thousands of people here and there are, you know, plenty of other places where we are holed up around the rest of the earth. Like, what if it was the scientists in this enclave that woke up? Or mm. if it was a different enclave where there were more scientists um, or peacemakers or, you know, the leaders, uh, diplomats yeah. that woke up? Uh, it strikes me that these folks right now are basically all kind of the military arm of the Sea Devils, which, or maybe the Sea Devils are just the military arm of the Silurian slash Sea Devils peoples. We don't really know, but this this does not strike me as a well rounded civilization. No. It's like a it's it's a small faction of a small faction of a civilization that's holed up here.
0: Yeah, basically the moral of the story: don't freeze all your eggs in one basket, because <laughs> you know they basically let's let let's wake up the military. Mm-hmm. For this one, how about, and see what's going on. And then after they've settled on things, we'll wake up the scientists and the Mm -hmm. peacemakers, and and that never happened.
1: Yep, yeah, Mm. it's sad. Have we talked much about the music in this compared to the music in the Silurians? I know I've talked to you about it, but I can't remember if we did it on the podcast.
0: Maybe we did on Thanksgiving. We didn't the last episode, I know that, because it was recent. But Thanksgiving in Canada is a long time ago, (laughs) so we may have. But what did you want to say?
1: Oh, I just wanted to point out that I am firmly in Camp Sea Devils when it comes to soundtracks.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes, I did. that's a default, even if it's Malcolm Clark's weird symphonic symphony uh, of radiophonic workshop sounds compared to Carrie Blyton's crumhorn. Yeah.
1: Yeah, now that we say that, I feel like maybe I have said it on the podcast. But you know what? <laughs> it bears saying again. Down with Crumhorn.
0: Down with Crumhorn. Good old Carrie Blyton. I watched uh, Revenge of the Cybermen the other night, and uh, he—that's the third of his um, of his three Doctor Who stories—and I was like, he just was never cut out for making Doctor Who incidental music. That mm-hmm. guy. Then he wrote the the a theme song to Bananas and Pajamas, and later in life, he got a lot of money for that.
1: I'm not really familiar with it, but I, it's a thing that I know a lot of people know and enjoy. Yep. So, like, I probably wouldn't even recognize it if I heard it, but good for him for finding something that fit his uh, his milieu.
0: That's true. There is crumb horn laden throughout that theme song, oddly enough.
1: <laughs> no, there's not. Oh, there's not. <laughs> I not. I believed you for a second because, like I said, I don't know what it sounds like.
0: Well, we're gonna listen to it, or people will tweet at us because that's what happens apparently when we do episodes (laughs) of Lazy Doctor Who now. So I hope we uh, I hope we wrapped up any loose threads uh, about um, naval hot chocolate. Mm -hmm. Um, And
1: I I plan on calling like hot chocolate or hot cocoa Kai for the rest of my life. Sure,
0: here in this landlocked province in Canada, why not?
1: I just still I just think it's cool. It's a great uh it's a great little shortener mm-hmm. and I also would like to try to make some out of shaved chocolate.
0: That's true. However, that's made be it scraped off the floor in a chocolate factory.
1: I'm not scraping it off the floor
0: or just scraped off um a chocolate block or mm-hmm. something like that.
1: I have I have so many fancy chocolates in there. I have some 100% chocolate from Lint. I have some 99% chocolate from Lint. I have some 90% chocolate from Lint. And I have some <clears throat> 85% chocolate from the President's Choice brand uh, nice. from Superstore. So I have a lot of different chocolate bars that I could shave into some milk with uh, probably a little bit of sugar.
0: That's interesting.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I feel like that would be delightful.
0: And then we'll like... Um, go out to sea or something like that because uh, just to for the uh, maybe I'll maybe I'll put the Lego um, pirate ship I have on display
1: I thought it was not a pirate ship
0: I know but I couldn't think of the word
1: isn't it like a private no it's not even a
0: private it's the Imperial flagship is what it is
1: Yeah, see? There you go. But just put it it's on the- uh,
0: It's like the 1600s. Not the set, but it was set in the 1600s. Like
1: maybe We don't know how far back the word Kai goes, so it could go back that far. I feel
0: like naval slang probably is, if anything, probably dates back to like the times of Nelson, if not, mm. before fighting the Spanish Armada.
1: There you go. You can it's take, you can take the, the ship and put it out on the coffee table, <clears> throat> and, throat> and you can go grab the you and me minifigs that we have- <laughs> Uh, right. e- either the me f- that's wearing a Verity t-shirt or the uh-huh. you and me from, from when we got married yeah. from at our wedding. And you can put them on the ship and you can give them little mugs and then we can drink to ourselves.
0: That sounds like a great idea. Why wouldn't we spend any other weekend doing what you just suggested right there? It's perfect.
1: I mean, we're in the middle of a global pandemic. We can't actually go and like take boat rides or do cruises or anything like that right no. now. So I feel like putting our mini figs on a boat is the closest we can get to having this kind of fun getaway experience.
0: Let's also, given that it's a boat in the 17th century, let's also, I'll give you an apple and I will hold a banana so we do not get scurvy because that was a very prominent thing back then.
1: Will apples and bananas be super helpful? I feel like we need the citrus. Do you have some Lego oranges?
0: No, actually no. There are no Lego oranges or pineapples. So basically Uh, Lego people also have scurvy.
1: Lemons? Is that why they're
0: yellow all the time? Because... (laughs)
1: No, that's jaundice oh, that's jaundice
0: <laughs> do you get jaundice from scurvy I don't Probably know not. Uh,
1: are there lemons
0: uh, no there's no lemons
1: what is well because
0: th- you the the apple has a, like a little stem and that's uh, what the a- the lego see. people hold on to mm. and the banana has a little stem so, so really lemons and pineapples and everything else there's nothing really for a lego clamp like an ice warrior to hold on to so so no
1: huh what an
0: interesting, interesting. podcast! This all right, is.
1: well, yeah, we have really tangentially devolved, um, but you know, we could look at maybe apples and bananas are are somewhat helpful for for scurvy. Um, also, we you know there are there are mugs and glasses that we could just say have orange juice in them. Maybe, maybe that's why there are no Lego oranges. They have all been juiced in Legoland.
0: You know how many years it took for me to actually even get a piece of orange Lego.
1: Is that Oh like was uh, that not one of the original colours? No,
0: no, it wasn't. It took a long time. That's why I only have when I'm I'm a little sorting, I only have like this little Ziploc bag Mm. of orange Lego bits. And those are like only date back in the last like ten years of Legoing for me. So
1: Wow. You listeners are getting so much Lego knowledge dropped on you tonight. I I bet you were not expecting that. Then again, maybe if you know anything about Steven, you you were always expecting that.
0: Quite possibly. It, all, it just took this long to finally uh, emerge <laughs> on this podcast. Mm-hmm.
1: Yep. Yeah. yeah. Now I want to put our Lego minifigs in all kinds of fun places and take pictures of them and be like, this is our vacation.
0: That could be it, you know. Yep. We could have our like our own little vacation uh, mm-hmm. book and then we could... Uh, I'm trying to tie this back into the Sea Devils, but I have no way of doing it. Can't do it on okay. a submarine.
1: Do you have a Lego submarine? No,
0: we didn't talk about the submarine. I want to talk about the submarine. The submarine apparently was... Uh, they. Because it was set mildly in the future, that's a. That's like it, it, it almost that sound like an edit. Um, uh, it's not. Um, the submarine on this uh, thing, the the model submarine, they sort of say, "Hey, it's in the future, so let's like jazz it up a little bit." And apparently, like the um, Ministry of Defense sort of like wrote the Doctor Who offices. How did you get the plans to our super secret submarine? They had basically oh. guessed what the submarine was oh, like. No. Okay. I know because submarines are super secret. I interviewed Douglas McKinnon, who directed Cold War in the Matt Smith era, and he said basically they had to like guess at what a Soviet submarine looked like because even now in the 21st century, they don't let, because they're still using those same submarines, mm. you know, because they last forever and ever. Um, and so, uh, submarine stuff is interesting no i don't have a lego submarine i don't know if there has ever well i've never i've rarely seen one a -hmm. lego submarine but i would like one now
1: okay well we can look into that too yeah um so i can
0: recreate the the and i've got a guy with a beard and stuff he's got a little eye twitch and he's like shoot mm -hmm. sight yeah those guys
1: that'd be awesome Yeah, yeah. um i particularly liked the force field effect around around the submarine that looked cool specifically the very first shot where it just like pops up Uh uh-huh
0: I think it was literally just glitter with like a shh on it.
1: That did not look like glitter. Nope. Well, it was a
0: film effect, though. That's a thing. Yeah. yeah.
1: Well, I mean, maybe the, maybe glitter was used, but it wasn't It wasn't the look of glitter because no. it was like there were like lines basically coming out from...
0: Tinsel, I think, is the word I'm looking for.
1: Okay. Tinsel. Sure. Yeah. Glitter and tinsel. Oh, those are very, very different things here. My goodness. I'm so sorry. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Glitter gets everywhere. You never get rid of it. Tinsel is a little easier to uh, to rid your house of, although it does still stick around. That's true. Mm-hmm. But yeah, anyway, I thought that was a neat looking effect and I was very uh, pleased by it. Yeah, it's good. Good good effects for
0: 1972 Doctor Who. Yeah.
1: Not the best Joe episode. She didn't get to do a lot except for be worried about the doctor. Yep. But she had some fantastic stuff to do earlier in the story. So this doesn't really bother me.
0: Honestly, even the doc. all oh, the doctors had his big conversation and stuff too. But you know, mm-hmm. some people, don- once Walker storms in, mm-hmm. he takes it over. Jerk.
1: He just sucks all the oxygen out of the room.
0: It really does, yeah. And out of the sea because there's no oxygen in there. There is two. There is not enough to breathe them. There's probably more water than oxygen, which mm-hmm. is probably why you drown. Uh, anything else about this episode?
1: Probably. That's <laughs> yeah. probably why you drown. <laughs> yes. It.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, you got anything else here? Or?
1: Uh, nope. I'm just looking forward to uh, finishing it off with episode six sometime. Yeah.
0: All right, sometime, but not now. Mm-mm. But later.
1: Later, later.
0: On Lazy Doctor Who.
1: On the incomparable network. Goodbye. Goodbye.